Father, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. And we pray that you'll illuminate that word to us this morning by your spirit. And we thank you that you brought us together as your people. We are one body, united in Christ. So help us this morning as we hear you speak to us, as we look at your word, uh, to live out our calling, to be that body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our human bodies are amazing, aren't they? Yes. Good. Um, It's amazing when you just think about it, uh, how it all works together. So we have this organ here, the heart, which pumps uh, life-giving blood through our veins to eat every part of our bodies. Um, Apparently, uh, there are certain toxins in coffee that uh, as you drink coffee, it filters through your liver and your liver takes out these toxins, which uh, my liver must be crying with the amount of coffee that I drink. But isn't it amazing how... uh, the liver functions in in that way. 96% of the body is made up of hydrogen and oxygen, carbon and nitrogen. The remaining 4% consists of many different materials such as sulfur, magnesium and iron. And although they may only be found in trace amounts, each is vitally important to the body. When we look at our bodies, uh, if there was one slight change, our bodies wouldn't function as they should. And so this morning, as we think about life together, Paul gives us this picture of the body. And just like the human body is made up of many members, so too is the body of Christ. And each member of the body has a job to do. And that's what we'll think about this morning as we think about life together. Last week, we thought about life with Jesus and how our confidence is to be in him and what he has done, not in anything that we uh, do. It's in him and him alone that we are saved and made right with God. And as those people who live with our confidence in Jesus, we are brought into this body, which is the church, and Christ is its head. We are united together in him. And so Paul begins after giving all that he's uh, given in chapter 1 to 11 of Romans. as He's uh, laid out the doctrine of the Christian faith as he's, as he's talked about salvation and justification and righteousness. Uh, he now moves into application. After all that you've heard, what are you to do? And he begins, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And so Paul says, uh, in response to what God has done uh, for you, as new people in Christ, as Christians, you are to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. As you do that, that is your true and proper worship. And Paul uh, gives us the first step in being living sacrifices. And the first step to doing that, the first step to worshiping God is to serve others. To serve others. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think 
of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. He begins that verse with four, linking us back to verse one and two. And he says, if you are to uh, worshiping God uh, and serving others. And the first thing that he says is as you serve, be and the first thing that he says is as you serve, be humble. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of, you, of yourself more highly than you ought. Paul begins by showing them that he is an apostle only by the grace of God. For by the grace given to me, the grace that was given to Paul it was the grace of being an apostle. And so he speaks as one who is being gifted by God to serve the church as an apostle. He received it from God. And as we saw last week, he did nothing to deserve the grace that he received. He did nothing to deserve the grace of salvation. And he's done nothing to deserve the grace of the gifts that God has given him. And that is true for all of us. We're saved by grace and we serve by grace. Because Paul goes on, I, uh, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. He's saying, uh, what he says and will go on to say is to all believers. He writes this to the Christians in Rome, but it's for all believers. So if you sit here this morning as a Christian, uh, listen up. Paul is speaking to us this morning. And he says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Paul, being an apostle of Christ, could have thought really highly of himself. He could have walked into every church and every place with his chest puffed out. I'm an apostle of Christ. He could have stood over everyone. Well, that was the temptation, but that is not how uh, he lived. As he's already said, and as we'll see as we go through this passage, uh, the gift that Paul has and the gift that all of us has are given to us by God's grace. That word highly is the idea of hyper uh, so Paul is saying, don't have a hyper opinion of yourself. Don't overestimate your own importance. Don't be puffed up with pride. Instead, be humble. Why? Because we have nothing except what has been given to us by God. We are saved by grace and we serve by grace. Paul writes to the Galatians in chapter 6 verse 3, if anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Paul says if we are to worship God, we are to serve others and we're to do it humbly. The second thing that we see is that we're to be sensible. Verse 3 continues, do not think of yourselves more highly as you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Four times 
in that verse, Paul uses the word for thinking. He says, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment or sober thinking. Paul wants uh, believers, as they serve in worship uh, to God, to think rightly of themselves, to think with sober judgment, uh, sober thinking. Uh, that is to think soundly, sensibly, sanely uh, about ourselves. That same word is used in Mark uh, chapter 5, where Jesus frees the demon-possessed man, and they come to see uh, the man sat there, uh, and when uh, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, they were afraid. And so right mind, uh, right thinking, it's the same idea that Paul uh, is using here in his letters to the Romans. We're to be right-minded. We're to think rightly of ourselves and of the gift or gifts that we have been given by God. We're not to think uh, too highly of ourselves and we're not to think too lowly of ourselves and the gifts uh, that we've been given. Paul uses this image of the body in uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Being humble uh, as we serve others, being right-minded about our own gifts, uh, doesn't mean that we downplay the gifts that we've been given. Or it doesn't mean that we're to look uh, with envy at other people's gifts. It can be so easy for us to think that we have an amazing gift and to look down uh, on those around us. Or we can be downhearted when we think that our gift is less important uh, than somebody else's. We're to think rightly about the gift, gifts that we have been given. Because it is God who has given the gifts to his people. In accordance, at the end of verse 3, with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We only have gifts because God has given them to us. And he decides how he distributes those gifts. And so we must think rightly about the gifts that we've been given because they're from God. And so we shouldn't think that we're more superior than others because of the gift we have, or we shouldn't think more that we're more inferior because of the gift that we have. Because all the gifts that we have and all the gifts within the body are from God. He has gifted his people. And so that's why we're to be people of humility as we go about serving others in worship to God. Because the gifts that we have have been given by God. The third thing that we see, uh, we are to be mindful. Verse 4, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. We're to be mindful of others. We are one part of the body. It is one body with many members. 
And each member has a different function. And each has to work for the body to function properly. Each member is needed if the body is to function as it should. That means that each of us who has been gifted by God uh, is just as important as everyone else in the body. We've been gifted differently, but we all have our jobs to play within the body as we go about serving one another. It's, it's like a sports team, a football team or a rugby team uh, or whatever team you can think of. Uh, players are brought together, all with different gifts and abilities, but they all have the same common goal. And that is true for the body of Christ. Many members brought together in the one body, all gifted differently, but all with the same common goal of serving the Lord. Again, in 1 Corinthians 12, 21, the eye could not say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head could not say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that, he, that lacked it. We can't go around saying we don't need that part of the body. We don't need that gift or my gift is not needed within the body. Because we are brought together as one body, but many members, all different. We don't serve the Lord independently. We're brought into his body. We need the rest of the body. And so we appreciate the diversity that we have within the church. One commentator wrote, some members are bigger and more useful than others, but each member is needed. Each has a different gift, but each is needed. There's no me, myself, and I in the church. There's no elevating myself and looking down on others. That is the danger uh, that we bring from the culture outside, that idea of individualism. There's no such thing within the church. There's no lone range of Christians. We're brought into the body, many members, all different and diverse in our gifts, but we are one body in Christ. And that leads us on to the final thing that we see uh, be one. Verse 5, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We are united together, and we're to foster that unity that we have. We are one in Christ. Belonging to Christ means that we belong to one another. So as you look around this room this morning, at the other believers uh, here, uh, you belong to them and they belong to you. We are one body in Christ. And our true and proper worship is expressed as we serve others within the body. 
We are united together uh, in Christ. Paul goes on in this section to show some of the gifts that God has given uh, to his church. And we uh, could say that they are grace gifts. Verse uh, 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We have these grace gifts. Again, Paul uh, is reminding us and showing us again that whatever gift we have is a gift from God. God has given us these great grace gifts to serve one another. And so he lists some of the things, some of the gifts that uh, God gives, not an exhaustive list. Uh, and first he says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Uh, prophecy is to speak forth, is to speak before others. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 uh, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Prophesying uh, is preaching. It's speaking forth God's word that he has given to us in the Bible. And the one who prophesies is to do so in accordance with uh, your faith. If you've got your Bibles open, you'll notice at the bottom... Uh, there is a footnote that says the faith rather than your faith. And it's, it's according to the faith that preachers stand and preach. That is the standard that we are to uh, preach by. It is God's word that we're to speak forth that has been laid out for us in the scriptures. That is the standard we hold to in our preaching. If serving, then serve. Uh, this is the idea of practical serving. Those with the gift of service um, are good at the practical tasks. It's a desire to serve others. Uh, they serve to serve, not to gain any influence. And that is true for any of the gifts that we have. We prophesy to prophesy. We serve to serve, not for anything else, not uh, some underlying motive, but just to use our gifts for the sake uh, of others. If teaching, then teach those who are uh, able to teach the word of God with clarity and correctness. It is those who have that desire uh, to read and study in order to teach uh, the people God's word. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. To encourage uh, is to exhort. It's to come alongside others. Um, it's to come alongside others, to advise, to plead, to encourage, to warn, to strengthen, uh, to comfort. If giving, then give generously. There are some who just love to give. They they have great pleasure in giving above and beyond. Yes, it is, it is um, we're all to give. That's what we're told, all Christians are to give. But there are those who have been gifted to give uh, above and beyond. They delight in giving. And again, they give to give. They don't give 
to gain any power or influence within a church. And you'll be surprised, or maybe you won't, that that happens so often in churches, where people will go to the minister or the council or whatever and say, if things aren't done this way, I will leave and take my money with me. That is not the gift of giving. The gift of giving is done with great delight and joy. And those who have that gift of giving, uh, give generously above and beyond. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Those who lead within a church, within the body of Christ, uh, should lead not for the perks of leadership, but because someone uh, has been gifted to lead, uh, and so they want to serve the body by leading. They lead uh, the people. It's those who have this gift, uh, they see a need, they devise a plan, and they go about that with earnestness and zeal. And they lead others to make it happen. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. A, a person uh, with this gift uh, sees somebody who is hurting. Uh, and they go and come alongside that person. Uh, and shows them great mercy. And they do it with great joy. Uh, and for me, you can only show mercy to those in need and do it cheerfully. Uh, I have a great love for people uh, who are in need. They come alongside uh, those they comfort and they strengthen. Of course, there's much more that we could say about those gifts, but that's... But this morning we think about life together. And we see that we are many members whose confidence is in Christ brought together as one body. And we worship the Lord our God, at first of all, by serving others. And so do you see that as the first step of being a living sacrifice? as we offer our bodies uh, in true and proper worship, do we see the first step as one that serves others? Serving the body is a gift of God. We're to serve humbly, not thinking too highly or lowly of ourselves or of our gifts uh, or of others. We serve to serve. We teach to teach, we encourage, to encourage. Because God has been gracious to us as he's gifted each and every one of his people to use those gifts to serve at his church. We serve out of love for Christ and out of love for his people. We are part of the one body, uh, many members. And it's uh, my role, each of our roles, to serve others. We belong to one another. And as we go about that, as we serve one another, that is part of our true and proper worship to our great God. Let's spend a moment in quiet as we reflect on these things that God has said to us this morning uh, through his word.
And we'll ask God uh, to help us uh, go about this uh, for his glory. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for your gift of grace. For your grace that saved us through Christ. For your grace that brought us into your body, into your church. And for your grace that equips us with many gifts. Help us, Father, to at worship you as we use those gifts to serve one another. Show us, Lord, this week how we can use those gifts you have given us individually to serve at those around us. Father, we pray that as we go about that, that those around us, the world around us, this town of Accrington, will see us as your body here on earth, that they will be drawn uh, to you, and that they too will turn to Jesus in faith and become part of your body. Help us to do that for your praise and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.